Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. What is this week's theme? It's card number 32, the nasturtium flower representing friendship. Ah, what a wonderful theme. Um, I can't wait to dive into it. Um, But first, I wanted to just share uh, some of the news that we receive from all the different folks who connect with us. And this one actually is from Simon Sinek, um, who posted on LinkedIn um, about a gratitude class uh, that I teach. And he says, my own team took this class and we loved it so much that we wanted to offer it to others. Join us and help your team say goodbye to negative thoughts, negative thought spirals. And then there's a quote that says, uh, gratitude helps us trigger our positive emotions so we don't get triggered by our negative ones. And and then there was an amazing number of comments, but this one in particular jumped out uh, from Anna. This is my experience as well. I didn't know anything but going through life, being critical of myself and others. Practicing gratitude has been like getting a new lens on life where I see the positive first. And that in turn has made me less sensitive to spiraling into the darkness that makes life so much harder than it has to be. I highly recommend a gratitude practice to anyone who wants more positivity in their life. It's so inspiring to hear testimonials like that. It just sort of shows the real world impact that practicing gratitude has. That it's just this simple practice of noticing good um, really allows you to shift your perspective and not just sort of in your mind, but in your heart and your body and in your relationships. And so in some ways, you know, that the theme of friendship, which is like, I I remember learning early on in my practice that while I started feeling good, what was even more was impactful was seeing how much healthier I was with all the people in my life. And that's at home, at work, um, just really being able to sort of show up and be a little bit more grounded. Um, made such a difference uh, in the relationships in my life. What I've really been enjoying about this season is just how much we get to expand our network of friends who, you know, people who are devoted to living their values and embodying their values. And I'm, you know, I've been really inspired every week with our guests. Let's look at the art, uh, the beautiful digital art that. Arlene and Anka have created. Every week they have this challenge of trying to visualize the flowers in the Gratitude Blooming Card deck in the Meadow Garden. And this is a place where we really want people to see the art and feel the art and feel what it means to really embody this, this flower and what it represents. So I'm excited to share Arlene's story of how she and Anka generated this new art for the nasturtium flower. Hi, Belinda and Omar. Here is a description of this week's art by our gratitude-blooming designer and artist, Anka Matesko. It is based on the gratitude-blooming drawing of a nasturtium and the theme of friendship. The digital artwork includes five orange flowers that seem to be like jewels hidden behind nine nasturtium leaves. There is a green background that feels like a cosmic wave pattern holding the entire plant in place. Two golden bees appear playfully hovering over the plant. 
The more I look at the art, the more I sense that Anka captured that invisible wave of energy that is holding us in place in our lives too. The space-time continuum that not only supports our lives, but also connects us to the world. In her words, she made the background to be like a ripple effect. What a beautiful reminder from Anka and from the Nasturtium. And again this week, I so appreciate the invitation to really look at Anka's art. The flowers that appear like jewels in the sea of green are a reminder of how our friendships are the hidden gems of our lives. Doesn't it inspire you to want to name and notice and thank those five or more jewels of friendships present in your life? Here's an excerpt of a conversation we had with Anka on her inspiration for the art this week. The, the, the thing is that first I, I wanted to do a pattern with a multitude of flowers, like nasturtiums are when you see them in a field or in the city. But then, you know, it got too much and I wanted to honor the, the original drawing as well, like others. And then I wanted to to make this pattern as a ripple effect, like you're talking about friendship as a network, kind of, or I was thinking also about when you get together with people that you have the same vibe with, you're kind of resonating at the same level. So I wanted to do something that is, I don't know, like a network in the background. And first I was thinking of having a network of the plants, but then I kind of made it more abstract uh, and just to suggest the vibration and the waves that all the, the plants are, you know, are under like the same type of vibration. For me, this is one of my favorite cards. Uh, it always made me smile and happy. And I think I value friendship a lot. And I really think, I don't know, I have a nice, so many nice memories and so much. I mean, it's so easy to feel gratitude when you think about friends you have. Uh, in the friends I have from the past and the friends I, I met now and you know, our, also us and our conversations that are, you know, we're in different parts of the world and there's something really, really magical about this connection when you click with somebody. So it's so easy to feel gratitude when you think about friendship. I love this idea of the ripple effect. And um, I remember at some point I was reading something about how the outlook on your life is really reflected by the people that are around you, like the closest, you know, five people. And in some ways, when I see that flower of the nasturtium kind of held by the leaves, it does feel like the health and well-being of your friends really impacts, you know, your own health and well-being. And, and so much of this practice of gratitude is, you know, how can I fill my cup so then I can spill over and really ripple out to other people in my life, like you say, Omar, and and just make me reflect on how those influences of the closest friends of our lives, you know, over time, 
change the trajectory of even where we're going. You know, it can be that powerful, the effect of a friend. The connection between the ripple of a wave and then when you said reflection, you think of the reflection of water. And I recently read something about how under underneath each wave is the moon. You know, and, and, and I love that image of every wave having a little part of the moon uh, underneath it, you know, as it causes sort of the gravitational pull and just imagining our friends as there's a little bit of them underneath everything we do, right? And there is that sort of resonance that's shared. And even, and that's what's cool, right? Like the moon is not quote unquote physically touching uh, the wave, but because of how physics works, they they still have that relationship. And I feel like that's what a friendship is, is that even if you're not in touch day to day, and I know like some people are, um, I'm one of those people, it's more of like eh, every month or so, like, hey, thinking about you, hope you're well. And then much more likely to just have a spontaneous phone call than sort of any kind of consistent um but everyone's different and i think that's what's sort of great about relationships is 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 finding the ones that work for you i appreciate the honeybee pollinator for this uh, nft digital art and you see these two bees hovering over one nasturtium flower that's just kind of emanating this golden orange light and um it makes me think about the intimacy of a close friendship and And this prompt for this card, number 32, think of a friendship you cherish. What makes that friendship so special to you? So Omar, I'd love to go back in time or even in the present moment. Who in your life at this time is really making a big ripple effect on you right now? I would say it's the emerging friendships and relationships that are exciting. So like collaborating with you and, you know, Brian, who helps produce the podcast and, you know, and even in some of the work that I'm doing in the Web3 space, um, it's with a person who is actually a partner to someone who I went to junior high and high school with. And so he and I are collaborating and sort of forming a relationship. And there's always something interesting when your friends are also your business partners, right? Because it's, uh, a deeper level of collaboration and commitment. And so the beautiful part of it is just that trust and, you know, how you kind of create things. But the challenge is that business always has challenges. And so then sometimes I think you're sort of forced to sort of have more difficult conversations than if you were just only friends. And But in some ways, because of that, of those difficulties and like having to sort of like, disagree about things but then kind of trusting that initial sort of instinct of friendship you reconcile and you work through those things and so i've really been appreciating that i'll say my family doesn't always argue the best uh and silence is more likely a response than yelling the anger or whatever is there (laughs) but like (laughs) it's just cold silence 
And you can't do that in, in business, um, in partnerships. And so then you have to like talk it out and you have to come back to the table and be like, all right, well, what do you, what was, what's really the motivation and what's really the interest? Um, so that's where I would say mm. the moon of friendship is pulling me right yeah, now. It's such a good practice in uh, communication. That is one skill that I continue to practice uh, in cultivating uh, friends who are also business partners. And I love that, you know, we're even practicing this with Arlene and and Brian is just holding both of those roles and, and believing that we can cr- create something much beautiful, much more beautiful, sweeter honey, you know, with that, with those uh, lines of trust. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can make much honey as a solitary bee. I think th- there's <laughs> 22... 1,700 trips uh, to create the honey from bees to fill a jar. So wild. Wow. It's a lot of coordination there. <laughs> Flying between, you know, flower to flower and back to the hive. Well, that's what makes it fun though, right? Is that friendship, you can do those just mundane things and it's fun. We have a shared passion around gratitude. And sharing the practice of gratitude in a particular way, right? Where we're like, hey, we're going to give you all the emotions and we're not going to have like toxic positivity around like, hey, you know, everything is, you know, sunny and, you know, beautiful. No, it rains and, you know, clouds come and and there's endings and, and beginnings and like the full cycle. Uh, and so how do we do that in a way and and trust uh in the co-creation. Mm-hmm. And the word cherish, just, I just love that word because it's like you hold it with more sacredness than just, you know, how do you tend to it or relate to a friend? And I would say how, what comes up for me around this prompt in this moment is in the, you know, the p- past five years, I feel like I've really attracted and been drawn to people who are on a certain spiritual journey you know, trying to understand themselves better, trying to heal, you know, trauma from their life and for their families. And, and that's not an easy path to choose. And, and then it also impacts what life decisions you make around your professional career. And, and I feel like I've become less afraid and more courageous because I have these people in my life, like who are doing it too. And so and you are one of those friends, Omar. Like I, there's no, I'd be like the person in web three, like 10 years from now, you know? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like a, a pioneer. Whoa, this is like, and it's so aligned to my values, you know? So it takes friends who are curious to, to show you something different Mm. and for you to have that same curiosity back to receive that, you know, new perspective. Well, I think you said something that I think it's so important, which is around friendship and healing. Friends don't fix each other. It's the friendship, though, that mends whatever hurt or pain might be there. Right. And so a friend is never going to be like, oh, this is your problem. Let me fix you. <laughs> right. They're going to be like, they just accept who you are as you are and in that process of acceptance that's where the healing and the mending kind of happens um and so i i love that kind of 
trust in a relationship um, where it's just like, hey, just being here allows us uh, to really feel a greater wholeness, um, which to me is what healing is about. So with that, I'm excited for you to introduce our guest for this episode because it is a friend of yours through this Web3 world. And so can you tell us a little bit about this guest and how you met them? So I'm going to introduce him by his Twitter handle, which is Zeneca33. And, you know, he is one of the leading folks in NFTs. He's got like a couple hundred thousand followers on Twitter. I first connected with him uh, at the end of 2021, um, and he had just launched this thing called Zen Academy, um, really about helping build community and onboard folks into Web3 and, and, and engage in NFTs. And so I was like, hey, I was a newbie, and I was like, I want to learn. This guy is crushing it. And so, and I appreciated that he created an NFT which allowed a membership into Zen Academy. And so I, I signed up immediately. And, you know, one of the great things that I think is happening in Web3 is, is an open conversation around mental health. And so it's, it, you know, we've learned from Web2 and Instagram and Facebook that social media and technology can have a dark side or an unhealthy side. And so that is true in Web3. They, they call it FUD fear, uncertainty, doubt. And so there's a, there is an honest acknowledgement that FUD exists. And so then it's not just sort of silently sort of there. It's like, well, how are we going to deal with it? And so mental health is, is part of all the conversations. And as part of that, then I started hosting gratitude circles in Discord, uh, which is sort of like a messaging uh, app that sort of is very prevalent in Web3. And and then more recently, we've been holding Twitter spaces, so live kind of conversations um, around mental health and, and how do we sort of help each other, right? Like, how do we help each other in this space succeed um, and recognizing that we're not going to necessarily be able to do that as well if we're on our own? The first friendship friend that comes to mind is my friend Jamie uh, who is the co-host of my podcast or one of my podcasts uh, I've known him for it's been about I think 16 years now and we've just been good friends great friends excellent friends ever since we met through uh, an online poker forum we just chat all the time and, and like both of our partners were always making fun of us just non-stop we just have this unending conversation that's been running for like 15 years Whatever happens in our lives, whether it's something small or something big, we're, we're just talking to each other about it. I don't know, just sharing the experience and just having a, a friend there to, to go through life with. And I think we sort of get each other. We sort of have the same mindset and approach to so many things in life so that, you know, it's, we like a lot of the same things. We both like games, video games, board games. We're both big foodies. We're both like reading a lot and, and have like, I think a pretty analytical and logical mindset. And, you know, we went through poker together, we went through also video games together, we went through, got to NFTs together and, and just sort of, yeah, it's just like partners in crime, I guess. I love this idea of an unending conversation. Like that friendship is an unending conversation. And that's in some ways what we were just talking about, even like in these business partnerships where like you can have a disagreement, but the conversation isn't over. Right. Like it's like, okay, how do we 
continue this conversation and and like what is what would life look like if we actually sort of thought about how all these things are just constant right like there is no walking away i remember when my wife and i got married one of the first things she told me was take the word divorce out of your vocabulary <laughs> right like because then the mindset is you just gotta work it out you know and you may not work it out today or tomorrow or whenever but like when you're sort of realize like okay we're here how do we show up that really changes your relationship now you think about that even like to like totally like scale out to the globe we're having an unending conversation with planet earth and, you know, how would we treat or how should we treat, you know, or how should we think about our relationship to nature and earth if we realize like without it, the conversation's over. And so we really want this to be an open-ended conversation. Every week it's a conversation with a new flower in the meta garden. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Early 2021, I started to hear about NFTs you know, and how much it costs. And I was like, Thinking this is some scam, this, this Ponzi, this cult, you know, you know, thousands <laughs> of dollars. And then you show me CryptoPunks, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But eventually I sort of, you know, came around. I, I read a few articles that really clicked for me. And I'm pretty sure the reason I got into Stoicism was probably because of Jamie, because he read and raved about um, Meditations, a book by Marcus Aurelius. So Omar, around what we're hearing from Zeneca around his journey into NFTs. I'm curious what comes up for you as someone who's kind of in that world right now and meeting and having friends who are showing you the way and you're also bringing others along in this journey. What comes up for you hearing Zeneca share about Jamie's, you know, being a bridge for him into this world? You know, I think that um, one of the things that is so important about large-scale change is the importance of one-to-one relationships. Sometimes we think about, you know, and this is the theme of this season, collective acceleration. We think of like mass mobilization and mass movement. But really, change happens at really a one-to-one level. Or I think change that really sort of endures is at a one-to-one level. and and. And this idea that when you engage with one person, you're sort of really engaging just like at a cellular level, like one cell represents sort of life and life is represented by many cells. And it's the same in relationship, like just one relationship really can embody everything that you're trying to sort of see and share in the world. And in fact, in some ways, if you can't even sort of share something you're passionate about with a friend and have them understand, then it's like, how do you really expect anyone else um, who may be, you know, a skeptic or who, who doesn't know and have that trust sort of to, to listen. And so I, I really am appreciating how much sort of it takes to just have these one-to-one uh, conversations. You referenced this um, acronym FUD. Can you say again what it, um, the words that it represents? The, what does it mean? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So I love that this is something that is normalized in in these communities and people are actively talking about their feelings and what they're going through 
right now. And, you know, we do talk to Seneca too about, you know, what are some practices that he, you know, has anchored him throughout the years? Because when I, I can't, my dad is an avid poker player. He used to go all the time, you know, in person to these poker rooms. And I remember one time he won a lot of money and he was just so proud, you know, of his accomplishments and there were also times when he lost and my mom was like, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Because this is a lot of volatility and that's that's poker. And now we're talking about a whole new economic model that's being built and the volatility in that. And, you know, you really have to normalize that the FUD in all of that. Well, that was one of the things that uh, Zeneca, well, first and foremost, his handle name is a combination of Zen and Seneca, the Stoic. And so, you know, almost from the beginning, he had that sort of mindset of like, okay, there is a lot of wildness. How do I stay present um, to this moment? You know, and he recently wrote this piece called Infinite Regret. Because even as successful as he's been, you're, you're never able to time everything perfectly. It's always an imperfect set of decisions that you're trying to make. And so you're just trying to make the best sort of decisions that you can with the information that you have. Uh, And so, you know, that's what's so important about this space is that it is so complex. It is the Wild West. Um, And so you just try to make the best decisions that you can um, and participate in a way that is healthy and comfortable for you. Um, but as we heard, like sometimes you have to go through sort of the FOMO and the fear and, and some of these things and then sort of figure out like, okay, I don't want to do that again. So let me sort of adjust uh, a little bit here. And it's so interesting that his identity, you know, in Web3 is based on these philosophers, because as we unpacked it with him, it goes way beyond just, you know, the the philosophy, but he actually really introduces this idea of stoicism, which I had never heard of before, and how that perspective or framework on life has helped him navigate so much uncertainty. So we'll hear from him on what is this practice and what is the philosophy of it that guides it. Stoicism, to me at least, is sort of a philosophy and belief that, um, we have control over very little in life. We can control how we react to things, and that's about it. We like we can't control anything that happens in the world. There's so much randomness and luck and, and things outside of our control. But very often we end up um, attaching our emotions and reacting to things that are outside our control, and that leads to a lot of anxiety and fear and negative emotions because you have no control over it. And if you, I guess, sort of about like not worrying about the past and all the future and just like trying to live in the present moment um, and, and aligning your emotions and feelings to what's in your control, which again is, is basically only your thoughts. That insight that we can only really control how we react to things uh, is such a gift because there is so much moving around and to think that we can sort of control more than that is oftentimes where we find ourselves frustrated and, you know, disappointed um, because it's sort of like it ought to, it should, it could, it's the shoulda, coulda, woulda 
um, sort of mindset as opposed to, well, it didn't go as planned. Now what is my reaction to that? Right. Am I going to feel that disappointment or like, and it's not to say like you can't acknowledge the disappointment, but it's like, how long do you want to sort of stay in that place? It's a really kind of holding the non-attachment idea from Buddhism with also the, yes, I care. And I'm also going to remain unattached, which is a really hard way of being, you know, to hold both of those. I mean, this has been probably the journey since I met the monk six, seven, eight years ago now, uh, like how to be non-attached um, and still care, right? Because what you don't want is non-attachment becoming indifference, right? That becomes apathy, um, that becomes numbness, right? And so you still want to f- be able to feel the full sort of range of emotions and then be able to sort of more intentionally choose which ones do you want to lean into, right? And that's what he said, like, how do I want to react? That's the greatest freedom we have. And I really appreciated him giving a really concrete example of that because I think it's one thing in these conversations to say, okay, these are the ideals and the values that we have. It's another thing to be faced with a situation in the moment and how do you handle that? So um, I'm excited to share this example with our listeners of a of a moment when he was at the airport literally two days ago, struggling with this sense of being out of control. Yesterday, we just flew back from America. Uh, took us like 30 hours because flight got canceled and delayed and we got rebooked to a new flight and our bags got lost. And, you know, sure, it's annoying and, and frustrating and, you know, you can be upset about it, but at the end of the day, and I was just sitting, I was literally laying on the floor at the airport and watching a movie on my phone, waiting like two hours to hear from the, the people about our bags. Um, just making the best of the situation. It's like, you know, you can you can get angry and you can lash out at someone. It's not going to do any good. You can be upset. That's not going to do any good either. So it's just sort of like, whatever happens, just trying to, as quickly as possible, be okay with the situation. And that doesn't mean that you sort of, don't feel negative emotions or ignore them because I think that's dangerous to sort of just completely blanketly uh, ignore negative emotions. And I think that it's important to feel them, but also to sort of, it's powerful to be able to move past them and focus on the positives uh, or just the neutrals even. Um, and again, understand what's, it all comes down to like what's in your control, what's out of your control. And again, like it's, it's, Anything in the past is not in our control. So I think like that those two core simple things, it's like, sure, like we could have added air tags to our luggage, we could attract it. All right, cool, maybe in the future we do that. We could have, you know, tried to get on a different flight home. We could have, you know, booked a day earlier. We could have done so many different things, but none of that is something that we can change now. So it's outside our control. So there's no point feeling upset about it. It's just like, what can we do now? What I appreciate about Zeneca sharing his philosophy around stoicism and really recognizing that you can't control the world. All you can do is control your emotions or reactions to the world is that this wasn't always the case for him, right? Like he did go through lows and difficulties and depression and even hedonism through sort of poker and like kind of gluttony. And, and, and so he's experienced all of these things and, and we're now sort of getting 
you know, the distillation of these learnings. I went through anxiety and depression for most of my teenage years and most of my 20s. Um, I uh, had a dependency on alcohol for a long time. When I couldn't handle it, I was like, let me just escape and like drink and not worry about it um, for a little while. And then, yeah, just through some miraculous combination of years and years of therapy, trying different antidepressants until I found some that I could stomach and that worked, um, reading stoic philosophy, quitting drinking. It's like whatever this combination of all these things has led me to, to be in this place. And thankfully, I've been in this place for like, I don't know, two, two and a bit years where I felt just able to handle life. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know what the, the secret answer is or if there is one. It, it, it's just like it's 30 years of, of dealing with it and figuring out how to cope. And thankfully, I feel very fortunate that I found a way to cope. And it, it almost sounds um, like it's not apathy. Like I, I don't not care, but I, I can sort of not care enough to be consumed by it. It's just like there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the world, but I can't necessarily change it. Um, I can do little bits to help here and there, and I can try and do that, and that makes me feel good. Um, but it's like at the end of the day, there's so much. Again, it all comes out of control. There's so much outside my control, um, and I can't, especially can't change the past. So just continually focusing on you know the present and what I can do and being grateful for the many, many, many things there are to be grateful for in life. Um, just the fact that we're here is just like, that's a miracle in itself. It's like, what I appreciate about him acknowledging the different challenges is that it wasn't a single bullet, right? There isn't sort of like one sort of magic trick. There wasn't one concoction. You know, it's sort of a combination of sobriety, you know, sort of medicine as is, as appropriate, you know, sort of a mindset and a reading and and a realization that every day, you know, it's trying again. Um, and so, you know, I think it really, uh, sometimes it's easy to also look at people who've achieved tremendous success and have like, oh, well, they had it easy or they had it, they were there at the right time or they were whatever, really kind of being able to look at this, any situation and be like, okay, how do I show up my best now in this moment, given the circumstances um, and take, you know, it one step at a time? Yeah, he was such a so humble about his journey and so many times you know I'd ask him a question and he'd say I don't know I'm still figuring this out I'm still wayfinding I'm still riding this wave and and it made me feel better honestly you know because I I think we all struggle with the fear and the uncertainty and the doubt and do we keep it inside do we talk about it and I think to me that brings it back to the importance of of having these conversations, sharing them publicly like we are on this podcast, or being able to talk to a friend and just have that kind of dialogue where you can really say what's really going on and be held by by others. And, you know, like he was inspiring in that way for me, like, oh, I should just be okay with, I don't know, <laughs> more. Yeah. It's again, I go back to that unending conversation, right? When we treat life as this unending conversation, we're like, okay, well, today this worked, tomorrow it may not, and I'll have to figure out maybe a new way um, that allows me to cope and to balance and sort of 
be present and to make the best of any given moment and situation. Um, I think it's a testimony to that perseverance. And, you know, and I feel like is a, a theme, like even with Livia Chan, who, you know, we had with healing, talking about atomic interactions, like every moment counts. Um, every moment is an unending sort of opportunity to sort of choose how we want to react and show up. Yeah, and the conversation with Marianne around just the pause, the importance of taking that pause when things are, especially when things are challenging. Yeah, she was from Misfit Robots and that was the sorrow theme. And that's the other sort of beautiful part of this is that this is a global conversation that Zeneca is, I think, from Australia, living in Germany. Marianne is in the UK. Livia is in Vancouver, Canada. And so that's the other, I would say, just sort of beautiful part of Web3. And, and it is this is a global conversation. And so how we're talking about mental health and social emotional learning really does give me a feeling that this is a cultural change, right? This as much as it is a technological change. It really is about what kind of culture and sort of norms do we want to really embrace uh, and live into uh, as humans. So for this practice for this week, uh, I have two parts inspired by this conversation with Zeneca. The first is self-friendship. So for those of you who just need to be friends with yourself right now. I invite you to just hold your hand to your heart as I say the serenity prayer. Mm. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And you can say it just to yourself as a friend or ask for a higher power to support you in that if that's part of your practice. And for those of you that are thinking of a friend in this podcast as you listen, I invite you to share your gratitude to a friend that you cherish, someone who's made an impact in your life and had a ripple effect on you. I invite you to pick up the phone and give them a call and just tell them what is the impact they've made and why you cherish your friendship with them. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Arlene your friendship I hope you all listen we're listening tell someone that you're friends with thank you today cheers cheers cheers